And welcome to Thursday on the Piero Palka podcast. It's Mike, and we have a busy day for you, a very busy news day here in Piero Palka land and in our country. Plus, Lauren Fix, the car coach, attended the New York International Auto Show. I could not get there this year, just too damn busy. And she's going to tell us uh, the highlights as well as a real interesting breakdown on why Joe Biden's decision to use more corn with our gasoline is not just bad, it's downright awful, expensive, and environmentally stupid. So it's a, a big day. But a couple of major stories were bubbling early this morning when I got up and started recording this. Number one, Russia Russia has a warship in the Black Sea that appears to have been hit by a couple of Ukrainian missiles. And a bridge near their convoy of tanks and armored carriers also was blown up while they were crossing it. Maybe Ukraine has turned a major corner in its fight to defend itself. We shall see. There hasn't been full confirmation on the Russian battleship, warship in the Black Sea. It's called the Moscow. I know that's not the Russian pronunciation, but it's basically the Moscow. That's the English translation. The largest warship they have in the Black Sea. And if it's been hit, uh, they've evacuated it. If it's been hit by missiles, rockets from Ukraine, that's a big stinking deal. And the other big stinking deal happened when uh, the news broke that Elon Musk was going to put in an offer to buy all of Twitter. It was announced on CNBC this morning. Boom! Breaking news. Elon Musk offering to buy Twitter for $54.20 a share. Uh, We said, what's he going to do now? Go home or go big? And uh, we now know he's going to go big. Well, if the offer goes through and he can buy all of Twitter and take it private, there is going to be a need for mental health consulting in Silicon Valley like we have never seen before. There will also be a bunch of newly minted millionaires as people who bought Twitter will sell their stock and presumably the employees will sell it at a a very high price compared to what they got it for, especially if they had options when they went to work there. So there'll be a bunch of newly minted multimillionaires thanks to this buyout. Elon Musk has all the money. He can buy it. He can just write a check or transfer the funds or whatever. And he'll still be one of the world's richest people. And maybe, just maybe, that means that uh, free speech and freedom of expression will return to Twitter. Last night we heard that the libs of TikTok, one of the best accounts on TikTok, had been suspended by the digital overlords because they didn't like the fact that uh, this account was exposing all the insanity of the wokesters. It truly is one of the finer, finer accounts on Twitter. I have to check and see if they've been reinstated. But this story about Musk buying uh, Twitter is a big deal. And it reminds me that last week when the news broke that Elon Musk had bought a substantial chunk, CNBC and uh, Charlie Gasparino, no, Charlie Gasparino was on with Neil Cavuto talking about the impact of Elon Musk having a controlling interest 
And uh, the important question was in this discussion. He's been hypercritical of them throwing off the Babylon Bee, the conservative uh, parody site. uh, Has he said anything about pushing to bring back Donald Trump? That's a great question. We don't. Not yet. That is the money shot. If he brings if he tries to bring back Trump, then you know that he's got them by the you know what's. Well, if he owns the company, he's got the whole company by the you know what's. We shall see. We shall see what happens here. This is a big stinking deal. This is the biggest news of the day. And that's saying a pretty big thing because yesterday the big story was the fact that they got the shooter in New York City. I know everyone else is saying suspected shooter. Do we really think that there anyone else did this? No, they've got the guy. Frank James. It's the last time we're going to say that a-hole's name. Uh, I hope he goes to jail for a long, long time. The feds are taking over the prosecution. It's going to be a federal, federal crimes. And it should be terrorism. It should be a hate crime. It should be a race crime. If you watched what he said in some of his videos. By the way, it didn't take long for the ladies on The View to use this situation to start talking about banning guns. This is from yesterday. Um, This is a tragic and uniquely American problem, it seems to me. I don't understand why we can't solve this problem. I mean, Julia said to me uh, as we were coming out, they don't have this problem in countries where there aren't guns all over the place, but those countries do not have a Second Amendment. And I think that's the difference. That's the problem. But, like, you look at the U.K., there's almost no gun violence. You look at New Zealand, you look at Australia. When you take away guns, you take away gun violence. Yes. Well, I agree with that, but a lot of people don't. What a bunch of dolts. They don't even look at the other causes of criminal death. The stabbings in London got so bad a couple of years ago before the pandemic. London had to ban the purchase of knives in cooking stores, in in the places that sell pots and pans and knives for the kitchen. You had to come in with an ID and be over 18 to purchase it. And they also labeled things like spatulas and a whisk. That you had to be over 18. Stabbings will take the place. Just because you confiscate the gun doesn't mean you take away the criminal instinct or the violent instinct of the person. These ladies on The View have no idea. And they are guarded by armed security at the studio. I've been there. I've sat through a taping or broadcast of The View. They're completely guarded. Anyway, The View also is uh, part of a montage as uh, yesterday we heard the mainstream media rushing to defend masking us forever. MSNBC and The View talking about the need for masks again and on airplanes. We understand that the TSA is going to extend that mask mandate for public transportation. Given the fact that we are still seeing the surge in Europe, uh, We're still seeing the effects here in the Northeast. Why only 15 days? When it comes to mask mandates, um, they're there because people just aren't great people. I don't want to get on a plane with super spreaders. I don't want to get on a plane with 214 other people that are going to be breathing on me with their COVID breath. I don't want it. I don't want it. I want the mask. I want the mask. These people, they are just the worst among us. And they're being paid millions of dollars to spew their opinions without any science behind it. Not a little bit. There was one good note 
in the mainstream media yesterday. We keep hearing that the administration is pushing the inflation explanation of, oh, it's Putin's. It's Putin's price hike. It's Putin's price hike. That's why you're paying so much at the pump. That's why you're paying so much at the grocery store. Never mind the fact that uh, the facts tell you a different story. Representative Thomas Massey of Kentucky, he's a Republican, posted a graph yesterday that shows you the spending that Congress has done since just inside 2020 till now. And in the past two years, more than 90% of the spending has happened before the war in Ukraine. The last 10% of this spending. And spending is what causes the inflation. I retweeted the link to it so you can see the graph if you want. Massey's one of the few people who voted against the $7 trillion in spending that uh, Congress jumped on and said, oh, we have to do this. It's just awful. It's just awful. But the people apparently are not buying this pitch from the administration. Even NBC News has gone on record saying that people don't believe it's Putin's price hike. No, it's Joe's policies. President Biden is trying to label this Putin's uh, price hike. But most Americans, according to an NBC News poll, are not buying that. Only 6% blame Putin. Most believe President Biden's policies are very much to blame. Yes, and that's exactly correct. Those 6% need to be in a mental institution because they have no connection to reality. And you know who else should be in there with them? Bumbling Joe Biden. I know we haven't played this in a while, but maybe it's time. What in God's name is Joe Biden trying to say? We're trying to figure that out. This came from uh, Monday when he was in Iowa. I think you'll see it change uh, um, sooner than quicker than more rapidly than it will take than most people think. What? There's just no hope. And if that's not bad... Uh, enough for you. Joe has his vice president, Kamala, who delivers a word salad virtually every day. And she's got her own intro from the Australian news lady. The cackling nincompoop who is a heartbeat away <laughs> from the presidency, the comprehensively incapable Kamala Harris. The comprehensively incapable Ka Kamala, not Kamala, it's Kamala. Let's pronounce it right, news lady. But here's Kamala's latest word salad. She was asked about rising prices. Well, first of all, I acknowledge, one must acknowledge, um, that prices are going up. And that people are working hard. And in many cases are worried about whether they can get through the end of the month and make it all work. What? The opening of that was the most mystifying when she said this. Well, first of all, I acknowledge one must acknowledge. I acknowledge that one must acknowledge. <laughs> yeah, the description of Kamala is perfect. The cackling nincompoop who is a heartbeat away <laughs> from the presidency. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, more nincompoops are out in public these days. And uh, they are trying to harass thinking people, good conservative thinking people like Ben Shapiro. Ben was holding an event, I think it was in North Carolina at a university, and they have a question and answer 
section after his speech, and a young a young student, a young black man, stood up and uh, took the microphone and didn't really want to have a dialogue with uh, Ben Shapiro. He wanted to insult, he wanted to be crude, and he wanted to talk over him. But it's worth hearing how rude and crude these people are. I'm a mathematician and a physicist here, a double major, and I also just won the most prestigious award in the country to pursue research at any institution I want, That's the National Science Foundation Graduate Research Fellowship. So I think I'm pretty you know, qualified to say that most of what you're saying is based on like old data. So he puts out his credentials, and we have no way of disputing them or confirming them. We just have to take them at face value for what he says, but he's saying that Ben Shapiro is using old data, and he tries to clarify. Um, but my question to you, I, so I want to all to like realize that. Last month, but sure. um, like, for example, gender identity disorder, that's the DSM-4, bro. We use the DSM-5 now for psychologists. So he's saying that the gender identity, I guess, diagnosis in psychology was from something called DSM-4, and he's claiming we use DMS-5 now, I guess a newer version, but Ben has an answer. To be able to talk I literally about- cited the DSM-5 in the speech, and it's called- I literally cited the DSM-5 in the speech. Ben Shapiro, with the facts, but this guy doesn't want to hear it. Gender dysphoria, which is I literally term that said- I used throughout the speech, not gender you identity You sound like disorder, a bozo, bro. Identity- so he says, you sound like a bozo, bro, because- Ben Shapiro is using facts, not feelings. And this guy's about feelings. And he now, because he's been caught or trapped or shut down, he wants to insult Ben Shapiro. And you get no pussy and you can't even make your wife wet, bro. So what's good? So he puts out a crude insult saying that Ben Shapiro cannot get any female sex or cannot excite his wife. Classless. And the crowd responded, Ben responded as well, but this guy doesn't want anyone else to talk. That's what the left does. They try and shut down everyone. Uh, let me just say, the nice thing about having the real several question, small the children real is I don't feel is, the necessity if, to have my masculinity We're using a Western like colonial you. idea. So this guy doesn't want to hear the fact that Ben Shapiro is married, has children, doesn't need to defend his masculinity. He wants to then talk over again and try and make a claim that everything is racist because that's what these people do. ...of gender, then why should it apply? If we're using... Because the gender binary is a Western colonial, is a Western colonialist framework of gender. You're you know? right. Men and women don't exist in any other culture. No, 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 no. No, no, no. I'm, no. Think right. about Native American. Nailed it. Third gender people... I'm not saying that. Third gender people exist in Native American societies, Western African societies, like Southern Native American societies, like Mexico. So in other places that are not white-dominated, and they like are the United incorrect. States or Europe... And so, so you're saying, saying white... So non-white people... I'm a mathematician and a physicist. You cannot so tell what me. The, so I have a question. And also, you're not a biologist. So I have a question. I'm 20. As a mathematician not, and a physicist, what in the hell do you know about human biology? And you got your law degree from Harvard. Answer. What do you know about biology? You got your law degree from Harvard. And frankly, and frankly, I would ask another question. If your logic is so flawed as a mathematician and a physicist, I would suggest that whichever institution gave you an award, re- revoke it immediately. That's a good call. The, uh, the argument was won by Ben Shapiro, and he was more polite than I would have been to this jerk. Uh, this guy in his discussion of third gender people, 
I thought there were like 96 genders. How about all those other genders who are going to get mad? The people who identify as a unicorn or a clown or whatever. It's nonsense. And speaking of nonsense, a student at Yale stood up to ask a question when Ted Cruz visited his alma mater to have a discussion about free speech and record his podcast called The Verdict with Ted Cruz. A student stood up after the the panel discussion and tried to embarrass Ted Cruz with a hideous and insulting question. So here it is and the answer. Ted won't answer initially, but he does have a brilliant response. So here's the initial question, the answer from Ted and his co-host. My name is Evan. Um, assuming that would end global hunger, would you fillet another man? Okay, got it. This Yaley named Evan says, assuming it would end global hunger, would you have gay sex with another man? Ted Cruz is much classier than this guy. Dare, dare I ask him to repeat? Well, actually, so I, I do have an answer to this. All right, I, I actually think it is better that the Yaley answer this. <laughs> His co-host is from Yale, so he's going to let the uh, Yaley host answer this. There's a line in There's a line in American Psycho about that Yale thing. I think that's what our questioner is alluding to. Uh, like a like a typical left-wing undergraduate, you are engaging in consequentialist ethics. You are attempting to justify flagrantly immoral behavior to achieve a good end. And, and I tell you, my friend, the ends do not justify the means. Absolutely. Absolutely not. So this guy, this co-host of Ted Cruz's gave this guy what for. But Ted Cruz had one parting shot that is worth it. Ted Cruz, always the great debater. I, I am curious with that young fellow, if it would solve world hunger, would you vote for Donald Trump? <laughs> he obviously would not. Uh, this was just a wonderful moment, but it shows you how low the left is willing to go. It really does. It's just just awful. A couple other uh, weird things that we should cover today. In the world of woke news, and in order to get to the world of woke news, we need the Woke News World theme song. It's a woke world after Yes, yes, it is a woke world. And we're so woke that we now allow men biological men to compete against women and dominate women's sports, thus killing the equality that we have pushed for for so many decades for women and women's sports. It's just not fair. But it's also happening in prison. There are two ridiculous stories out there. One about a man in his 80s who's a, uh, a multiple, multiple uh, convicted criminal in murderer, and he's now claiming he's trans, and that he's a trans baby. So he wants to be treated as if he is a child complete with diapers and formula. This guy does not need to be in a trans ward or a baby ward. He needs to be in the psycho ward. That's where he needs to go. But even worse than that is the New Jersey prison. It's a women's facility that has now had to take 
several men who claim they are women. They claim to be transgender. So they are put into the prison and they are in the general population. Well, in the case of the Edna Mahan women's prison in New Jersey, they now have two inmates who are pregnant because they had sex with the man who claims he's a woman. Okay. Can we just stop the charade? It's just craziness. And the craziness is everywhere. For example, the BBC over in in England has now put out a guide for parents to examine their own personal biases. And this guide for parents was written by a Black Lives Matter activist. But the BBC, the government-sponsored broadcasting corporation, is putting it out for everybody, telling parents to examine their biases and educate their toddlers about racism if they only have white friends or if they only have black friends. Seriously, can you get out of the lives of families? Can we just get out of the lives of normal families and thinking people and leave them at? And and while we're at it, BLM is a swindling organization. I would be furious if any of my tax dollars went to a BLM organization. Just throwing that out there. And the final kind of crazy news of the day that gets a giant duh. No shock here. Uh, The authorities in the state of Maryland found a man dead in a house three months ago. Three months ago, they found a man in Charles County, Maryland, who was dead, and the house was filled with venomous snakes. Over a hundred snakes in the house. And now they're telling us, well, he died from a snake bite. Thanks. Why did it take three months to figure that out? I'm just asking. Just curious. I'm asking for all the normal thinking people out there. Craziness. You know what else is crazy? Burning your food in order to try and replace oil with it, gasoline with it. And that's what this administration wants to do. It's a dumb idea. Joe Biden outlined it. It's not only dumb to burn your food to try and supplement gasoline. It's also not good for your car, for the environment. And it's going to cost us more. Lauren Fix, the car coach, explains as well as gives us her review of what she saw at the New York International Auto Show. That's next on the Piro Pelka podcast. Our friend Lauren Fix, the car coach, has been all over Fox and Fox Business lately. So I'm actually very, very thankful that Lauren has time to talk to us about what's going on in the automotive world, the New York International Auto Show, this crazy idea the president has that burning our food will be good for gas prices. It's all here, and so is Lauren. Hello, my friend. Hello. Yeah, there's a lot lot going on right now. It's it's a batch of crazy land, I would say. Yeah. uh, First of all, uh, let me tell you, I thought it was pretty cool. Last Sunday, I turned on Fox and Friends, and there you were with Will Kane and all the other knuckleheads on that show, running around looking at some of the um, some of the cool electric vehicles that are out there. Mm -hmm. Also, very expensive vehicles. 
But Lauren, it seemed like they were rushing you guys. You were going from car to car. Well, I had five cars, which two of them were World Car of the Year finalists, and then I had a World Luxury Car of the Year finalist. I had the Kona EV, which is the budget friendly, budget as you can get without getting something that doesn't run so great. Uh, and then we, at the end, we had the Genesis GV60, which no one has seen on TV. Only some journalists have seen. I happen to be one of them. Wow. That is a wow. You opened the door and blew me away. I have that whole video on my YouTube channel. In addition, we covered three scooters from a company called Jetson, which is a U.S.-based company. Jet, like J-E-T-S-O-N, like the like the cartoon. Yeah. And uh, they, that was great. They, they, were, they were at the show as well. And giving all, I mean, if you live in the city, it's an alternative form to, to use. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty funny way to end it because the prices on some of those EVs, especially the really high-end luxury ones, it's through the roof. It's more than my my first two houses cost. <laughs> Have to, be. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah. But um, but the Genesis one that is uh, looks really plush. Oh yeah, you know Genesis has come a long way. I actually had dinner last night with. The president and CEO is a third generation of Hyundai and um, really interesting conversation about the industry. And I'm going to get you're going to be the first person to hear this. So uh, I won't say his name because I'll just keep things a little bit less, less uh, technical or less deep. But anyways, after a long conversation, we got to the favorite, my favorite conversation these days of chips. And I said, you know, what's going on with these microchips? Do you think we're going to be able to get a resolution to this? you know, by the end of this year. And he just looked at me and I said, well, you because they, they're a different culture or they're Korean. And I said, you guys have a mega chip, right? And he said, yes, we do. I said, but you sold part of it to China. He said, yes, we did. And I said, so are we looking at next year? And he nodded at me. So it looks like we're not going to see a relief on this chip shortage till 2023. And he says the end of 2023. Wow. So you better buckle up and... You know, between everything else that's going on, you were talking about food and everything else. Just these are things you need to think about. If you don't need a new car, wait. Keep what you have. Maintain it. Don't overpay. Well, you know, for those of us who look at not only trying to be smart with our money, but also uh, invest wisely, that means companies that make uh, car parts for repairing cars and keeping them on the road are probably going to have a good year. Correct. Oh my gosh! Companies like Pep Boys and all these car repair places—they're gonna—they're gonna make good money because people are gonna keep their cars, and that's all I hear from people that I talk to around the country. Is I think I'm gonna keep what I have. And I just had a conversation with someone at Fox yesterday, and I said it's probably a good idea, unless unless you're flush in cash, which not everyone is, especially with inflation. Your best bet is to keep what you have, be patient, save your money because you don't know. As my as my mother used to say, save your money for a rainy day. I I think it's raining. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not raining hard yet but you never know well some of us feel like we're drowning but that's a different yeah, topic um, uh, earlier this week lauren uh joe biden went to uh, iowa to get a bird to poop on him and to announce <laughs> that he was going to uh, look at using canola oil to increase the amount of uh biofuel percentage or whatever it is that's mixed in with our gas to uh, make make our oil go farther. What the heck okay, is... That, that's e not canola oil. It's something called ethanol. I know. I just <laughs> wanted to make it sound like it was a salad. But uh, what, yeah. what is E85 and why is it a bad idea? Okay, so many years ago, 
they tried back in the Obama era, they wanted to add ethanol. Ethanol sounds great because of the name of it, but here's what it really is. It takes seven bushels of corn to create one gallon of ethanol. And what happens to that ethanol? First off, the government owns all these processing plants. Some of them are private, but for the most part, I will tell you, there are plants all over the country, some of which have never functioned, but you paid for it and other companies paid for it. And it's just sitting there because ethanol didn't do what it was promised. And I've had massive conversations with people who don't understand and they're not necessarily, they're heated, shall we say. Um, so if you talk to a mechanic and you say, hey, what's the biggest problem going on right now? Pretty much every mechanic will say, oh my gosh, check engine lights. It's crazy. And what it does is this ethanol burns really, really hot because it's highly corrosive. So when the ethanol is produced, they gift it. Yes, the word gift, free, to the oil manufacturers. And the oil manufacturers then add it to, they blend it, like you would your coffee and your cream, into the gasoline. And that gasoline is then blended again as it goes into those tanks under the ground. Well, as it sits there, it, just, it's, it can be blended. That's not the problem. But once it goes into your gas tank, you think, oh, I'm saving a few pennies. You're going to pay the price. And this is a massive problem. This government has no clue about the automotive industry. Buddha Judge shouldn't even be in charge as far as I'm concerned. He knows nothing about cars. He's anti-car. I understand that that's their agenda. But for us as a consumer, we need these transportation. As the flyover states, and I'm part of that, we we need transportation. There's no charging stations. There There's no other, there's no mass transit. There's no buses or subways. So when you have to drive, and maybe you don't drive every day. Maybe you drive and on the weekends, you go, I'm just, you know, riding my bike or take a scooter or whatever. Keep in mind that what happens is over time, there's nothing you can really do about this, is the ethanol separates from the gasoline. So now it is sits on top of the tank. Now, depending upon what you're driving, most vehicles will pick up the gas from the bottom of the tank. And then it goes along those lines all the way to the front where the engine is. Okay, that's pretty easy to visualize. But what happens when it separates is it uses a lower octane gas at first, which damages your motor because your motor is expecting to get a certain octane rating. You see that when you look at the pump and you see 87, 89, 93, that's your octane. That's where it burns. Without getting technical, that's the, the temperature it burns at. And it's not 87 degrees. It's just the, it's a rate. It's really complicated. And if you want to know more, there's more on my uh, YouTube channel. I explain octane in more detail. So what happens after that gasoline's gone, that's lower octane? Well, it's left with pure ethanol and there's no way to blend it. So that ethanol then goes through your fuel system and it rots out fuel lines rubber hoses, emission systems, uh, engine components, including mass airflow sensors, which is what the mechanics complain about, and other parts, fuel systems, and so forth. So who pays for that? So now you've put this gasoline in your tank because you were told that's all that's available. Now you've got a problem. Your car doesn't run. What do you do? Well, you have to go to your favorite mechanic or your dealer, and you say, hey, I got a problem. Now there's two things that's really important to know. That bill is on you no matter what. Number two, I did it uh, nine years ago. Nine years ago, I was on Fox Business saying how bad E15 is, which is what Biden is pushing right now, and even worse, E85. And what I said was, it still, still holds true that ethanol is so corrosive and damages your vehicle so badly because there's fewer BTUs per gallon. And that's like the burning. And so it lowers your fuel economy. Again, that costs you money, so you're not going to be getting ahead. Corrosive to fuel systems because it's not it's not the correct way for it to burn and it pollutes more which is why they stopped selling it during the summer you heard of summer and winter blend gas yeah 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 yeah, yeah. well the summer gas 
doesn't have as much ethanol. And the regular gas for the winter has more ethanol because of how it burns and the damage to the environment. So Obama thought it was a good idea to use food as a source for gasoline. It was a bad idea. And they found it polluted the environment. And they also found that making ethanol used, we've talked about this in the past, using fertilizer and all the work that was done was actually worse for the environment because of all the fertilizer and all of the, the work it took to produce this corn, it, it, you know, instead of food. So they stopped, they were reducing ethanol, reducing ethanol. And now this president is saying, oh, we need to have more ethanol. We want e E85. The problem is most vehicles don't run on E85. And here's the big thing. Nine years ago on Fox Business, we had this conversation. Nine years ago, and I, I've been pushing this video out. I, I actually look completely different. But what I, what I say is, the reason you don't want to just go ahead and use the E15 or the E85 is it voids the warranty on your car. And I have had friends over many, many years had this problem. Uh, everything from a Land Rover to a, a little teeny, you know, Ford or GM, whatever. So what happens is the damage from the ethanol, because we talked about this just a second ago, burns at a higher temperature does damage to your fuel and emission system. So you go, oh, I got a problem with my car. I'll go to the dealer. So the dealer looks at you and goes, you didn't read your owner's manual because it says if you run E15, you void your engine warranty. That's huge. Especially if you've got something like a Kia or a Hyundai with a 10-year, 100,000-mile warranty. Yeah. You could actually destroy your full warranty on your vehicle. And that bill is on you. Again, the government doesn't understand. They don't own cars. They use your tax dollars to pay for their insurance, the driver, the, the car, the gas, nothing. They don't worry about it. But for you, you get stuck with a bill and low-performance fuel. This is so maddening, and we could go on and on and on about this, but uh, even oh, Bill, Bill Clinton I, yeah. years ago said, it's never a good idea to burn your food for fuel. <laughs> That's good. That yes. came from Bill Clinton decades ago when Obama was uh, promoting this. Lauren, one quick question about the sure. separation of the ethanol from the gasoline. I, the minute I get in the car, if I'm driving around, I have a, 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 a travel mug in my hand. Everything in it is sloshing around. Isn't my gas constantly sloshing around with the ethanol? Sure, but it doesn't blend it. It has to do with the weight of one product of liquid versus another. So they're blended when it goes in. And yes, there's a little bit of sloshing. It's not pure. But if you use all the gasoline, you're driving down the road and you use all your gasoline, all that's left is ethanol. You now have a high octane. It does raise the octane. So it's a high, hot burning liquid. And again, it's not good for anything. And the damage, I, I'll give you names of people all day long on mechanics that will tell you this is the worst thing you could possibly do. And yeah, it keeps them busy. But the fact is they can't get parts. So you come in with your Saturn, and I know a lot of people still have those. And they say, well, this is a problem. I can't get parts. Yes, you should be able to get them. And yes, they are available when you can get parts. That's where the problem lies. I'm going to I'm gonna ask your biggest fan, my buddy Jim, who uh, is a mechanic, and he, he loves all your segments and always well, writes thanks. a detailed review of each one after you're <laughs> on with me. It's very funny. Uh, he's, he's such a fanboy, and he's such a jack wagon, but uh, we love him. Uh, Lauren, before I let you get out of here, uh, we've been yammering on here. What, and I'm so sorry I missed it. I was so busy this week. What did I miss at the New York International Auto Show finally happening for the first time in years? Well, first off, uh, the World Car of the Year, I say the, the big story for that was and there's six awards. And the person of the year is the head designer for Hyundai, 
but they also won four other or three other awards. So that was huge. Design World Car Design winner was Hyundai Ionic Five. The World Urban Car winner is a Toyota Yaris Cross, which we don't get here. Uh, performance car is an Audi e-tron GT. Uh, actually, they're all electric cars except for the Toyota. A uh, world luxury car winner is the Mercedes-Benz EQS. Fantastic. 54-inch screen. It's a lot. It's, a, it's like a video game on wheels. Um, and then the world electric car of the year, which is a new award, is Hyundai Ionic. And the world car overall is the Hyundai Ionic. It's crazy. It's, they, they're doing, they're just killing it. And like I said, I, we went to the dinner to celebrate and we were just really taken aback by the uh, the quality of what they've done. And I think part of it is their designer and they took a lot of people from the German car companies, which was pretty darn smart. Uh, but also, if you want cars, like, I, you know, I love cars, the Lamborghini Huracan Technica, hmm. <laughs> 640 horsepower, not your average car at $239,000, rear wheel drive, no more V12s, all V10s now, uh, very lightweight, uh, and also has rear wheel steer, rear wheel drive, so that that's pretty cool. Uh, other things that were shown, the new Kia Nero, the 2023 Hyundai Palisade. I'll have a video uh, on my YouTube channel. You can see that uh, Lincoln, and I'll have some more information. This is 100 years of Lincoln, believe it or not. And oh, one other thing for Ford, April 14th, 1964, the first Mustang came out. So they had a little celebration for the people that, that are all Ford fans. Uh, and I'm a Mustang girl. Uh, the new Kia Telluride was there. I'm just going to go through these quickly. I'll have them all on my YouTube channel. And let's see, Chrysler brought us a sneak peek of their new all-electric vehicles, which won't come out till 2025, which is actually smart that they wait because we don't know what's going to happen or who's going to be in office then, and everything could change. But the Chrysler Airflow concept was there. We saw an early version at CES, and now we've seen a more advanced version where you can go inside and hang out with and uh, the Chrysler price. And one of my favorites, the Alfa Romeo Tonale. I love, I love the Italian cars. Um, and it's a smaller version of the Stelvio and it's a hybrid gas version and the Honda HRV was there. So lots of cars. It was great to see people from all over the world. It was really nice for things to be remotely, almost hundred percent back to normal, except for the crowds are a little down and there were no German cars on the floor other than uh, dealers that set up. Hmm. So other than that, it was pretty good. Well, very cool. I, I will tell everybody it's worth your while every week, but especially this week, go to YouTube, find the Car Coach Reports channel. Lauren puts up great stuff every week, but this week she'll be showing you some of the stuff from the auto show as well as some of the stuff we've talked about. My friend, thank you so much. Let's talk again next week and safe travels. Thank you. 